strategy. It's meant for me. It's written in the prophecy. I'm following my destiny, laying out the legacy, making sure my fam get the best of me, making sure my kids get the recipe. Sugar and spice, can't forget everything nice. There'll be butter comes bubbling and blast them to their own tunes. They gon' have their own rooms. They gon' be their own muse. They gon' know all the rules. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Furdos Podcast. This is your host once again, Hattie. First episode of 2020. I really hope you guys miss my voice. If you didn't, that's totally fine. But hey, this podcast is going to be a lot better this year. And I'm really excited for it. And you know what? Just get ready. Sit down. You know, lay in bed. Get ready on this road trip. Because actually with the Furtos podcast, we're going to be transitioning into a completely different direction. Still focusing on the science of music. We're going to have a mini series that's going to focus on musical therapy and what that is and what that encompasses and why it's important in our lives. So before we get into it, let's think about it. We go to the gym. We listen to music. We're feeling down. We listen to music. We want to study, we want to focus. A lot of people listen to music as well. There's got to be something. There's something in music that makes it powerful. The inclusion of music or rhythmic melodic speech with medical treatments has a long history and frequently has been used to promote and maintain health and well-being and also to alleviate pain. Historically, I mean, musicians were employed by the Romans and ancient Greeks in facilitating healing spas. In these practices, it is evident that the power of music to soothe and emotionally move was widely recognized and revered in those cultures, actually. Although the field of music medicine has long been an active area inquiry, the mechanisms of action within the body and the brain are far from being known. Music serves many functions in our lives, and in some ways we take it for granted. We often accept it as a gift of civilized life without probing its deeper currents. It captivates our emotional apparatus to the point that the brain's automatic nervous systems crescendo in a feeling of chills along the skin's surface. Perhaps the most studied prime indicator of emotional power of music. You know, specifically... Studies show that music can alleviate feelings of stress, distress, and depressive effects in individuals suffering from acute and chronic pain. Now, it's funny because the processing of pain is a phenomenon including both the peripheral and central nervous systems. Now, let's go over a little bit the peripheral and the the central nervous system. So, central nervous system consists of your brain and your spinal cord, while peripheral nervous system consists of pretty much everything else. Pain is not only a sensory process, but also an effective subjective phenomenon that is influenced by physiological processes and by diverse psychological and emotional processes. That being said, I mean, pain also has a tolerance. That's what that basically means. Pain has a tolerance. Everybody is affected by pain in a different way. And that all depends on a complex amount of things that are happening in your brain. Now let's go over what musical therapy means. 
Music is a fundamental aspect of human experience. There's no arguing that. Strongly linked to our intrinsic motive systems that is deeply ingrained in all cultures. You can, you can look at every culture in the world and recognize that they have some sort of music that they are into, that they make, that's very important to them. Simply hearing or even more actively listening to music is best classified as mere music stimulation. Now, in contrast, musical therapy is different. Musical therapy is a systemic protocol, the effects of which can formally be evaluated, because obviously for science, you got to have something that is measurable. Music therapy employs specific musical elements such as sound, rhythm, melody, harmony, dynamic, and tempo to encourage or facilitate movement, positive interactions, and improved emotional or cognitive states. Now listen to this. According to the World Federation of Musical Therapy and American Musical Therapy Association, music therapy can be defined as the clinical and evidence-based use of music and its elements by a qualified musical therapist to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship with one client or group. The aim of music therapy is to develop potentials and restore impaired functions of individuals so that they can achieve better intrapersonal and interpersonal integration, which may promote better quality of life through prevention, rehab, or treatment of specific problems. The publication of an increasing number of articles describing scientifically oriented research into this kind of stuff is rising right now. Results of these investigations show that musical therapy is an effective intervention for patients with chronic pain, children with migraines, and patients with, you know, any kind of form of stress. It has been shown to increase relaxation moderate sleep disturbances, and alleviate pain. We have something so powerful on our hands, and we need to do something with it. Music therapy employed has also been shown, like I mentioned before, to relieve anxiety, sadness, fear, and pain associated with conventional cancer treatments. And this actually, believe it or not, actually reduced the need for analgesics in patients receiving drugs for pain management. So now you now you may be wondering, what the hell, is that really real? Let me, let me spit some facts on you. You guys are gonna get learned now. Musical therapy for pain and anxiety has been shown to be useful in infants and children, as well as adults. In two studies of infants, music played to premature babies reduces pain and encourages better oral feeding Reviewing almost 400 studies of infants, children's, pre-adolescents, teenagers undergoing like various medical procedures, diminished pain and anxiety were evident in the variety of clinical settings. Now, the thing that we got to keep in mind is that because this is such a new field, there hasn't been a lot of research done. So we, we just have to grasp the straws right now and just realize how powerful this could be. So there's something actually really, really cool. So there's something actually really, really cool that I want to discuss. So there's three different settings where which musical therapy can be used in a preoperative setting before somebody gets an operation, during an operation, and after an operation. Listening to relaxing music decreased the level of anxiety reported by preoperative patients to a greater extent than a drug called midazolam. In this study, patients were randomly divided into a musical therapy group and a control group. 
groups had comparable body mass, comparable sleep schedules, and well-beings before surgery. And post-operatively, values improved significantly in patients exposed to musical therapy beforehand. That's insane. But see, when you bring musical therapy, it gets a little bit complicated, especially for reducing anxiety. Carefully selected music that includes a patient's own preference may offer an effective method to reduce anxiety and improve quality of life. That being said, not all music genres are equally effective. Just imagine this, you're sitting in a waiting room right before your surgery, anxious as hell, and just some crazy ass like heavy metal music starts playing. I don't think that would be very therapeutic. So that's always something that you got to take into account when you're doing musical therapy, obviously. Now, while an operation is going on, there was a couple studies and one in particular where music was played during cardiovascular surgeries. And this also appeared to influence post-operative cardiac patient outcomes. So in this study, uh, the authors surveyed 118 patients whose surgery was performed while music was played in the surgical suite. So 95% of them did not feel disturbed by the background music, which is good. 89% actually reported feeling more positive about their surgery, and 80% felt like the music supported the doctor's performance and therefore led to a better patient-doctor uh, relationship. It's crazy how something as simple to us as music can have such an impact on people. So in the post-operative setting, this is where it gets a little bit difficult, right? It's very hard to, um, you know, manipulate musical therapy in a post-operative setting because people are at home or people are at, you know, it, the music is uh, given to them at their own will. And that's kind of where it gets a little bit sketchy. So we're not even going to bother going over that especially for if we're looking at the science of music, the scientific model of music, we want to make sure that we're doing everything consistently, right? We want to make sure that the experiments are done on a solid ground for all patients. And in a post-operative setting, it is very hard to do that. So what are the therapeutic mechanisms? So the bodily, the bodily mechanisms by which music exerts its beneficial effects in various mental disorders or pain management have hardly been analyzed. Our interest in musical therapy originally emerged from our interest in how emotional power of music arises from brain mechanisms. Now, a great number of studies have demonstrated how music affects various bodily parameters uh, with abundant brain effects that vary across individuals, right, with different levels of musical training. So, like I mentioned before in my previous episodes, the more music that you listen to and the more genres you listen to, the more experience you have with it, and the stronger your taste becomes. There was also a study that looked at the physiological changes associated with reported actions of, of music, and this showed that people who listened to calming music had a lower blood pressure. So, a link has been made to the modulation of endogenous opioids by music, as perhaps reflected in psychophysiological responses of chills when you listen to an emotionally moving song. In addition, endogenous opioids are also low in subjects of states of psychological pain, such as depression. An intriguing possibility is that many of the beneficial effects of music reflect not only emotional shifts in brain dynamics, 
but perhaps even more specifically, the changes in distress relating to the chemistries of the brain, such as endogenous opioids, which is crazy. So to conclude, really, because this is supposed to be kind of an introductory to the future episodes, music holds considerable promise as pain management therapy, and in mild cases can even be used as a supplement, perhaps even replace pharmaceutical interventions before, during, or after painful procedures. So musical therapy also, the beauty about it is that it may also find a place in surprisingly diverse medical settings. Musical therapy has three positive characteristics, okay? Now, number one, music acts on the central nervous system, specifically the deeper, more ancient parts of the brain, such as the limbic system, including rewarding regions such as the nucleus accumbens, and its effects are generalized and widespread. Music's effects on the brain regions may also help activate activate self-repair mechanisms found through the brain and body that may also promote healing and mental health. Secondly, music can be used to reduce and at times even supplement pharmaceuticals, which can reduce the cost of medical care. And finally, musical therapy has almost no side effects, right? And therefore can easily be incorporated into any pain management program. If it works, it's all reward and very little risk. So in future episodes, we'll really be looking at musical therapy for specific treatments, whether it be depression, Parkinson's, cancer, and so on and so forth. It's very exciting in my eyes to see that music is finally being recognized as something more than just leisure or entertainment. If we can manipulate that within the medical field, that's huge. That is massive. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Just a quick announcement here. They're on thefurdos.ca. Everything that is left in stock only has one or two pieces left and of limited sizes and stuff. So definitely check that out. I am planning to release a season three soon. Just hoping to, you know, clear house before I do. Instagram is at Ferdos, F-U-R-D-O-S. Join the Facebook group. I will be getting back to uploading a podcast every single Sunday. Hopefully, hopefully, pray for me. And lastly, thank you guys. If you made it this far, I really, really appreciate you. Every single one that listens to my podcast. You guys are amazing. Honestly, you make it all worth it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Not play with my energy, shooting the pop 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 for my enemies. Fuck up with a case in your race in my pen. Bleeding this ink, leave you staying in the end. Started from the bottom, only way to go is up. But they rooting you down, making sure you stay stuck. For what? Tell me when enough is enough. Cuffing up my energy for what? A buck? A dollar that you made after this? That's it. Real pennies on the shit, front like you rich. Take a moment, line on my chakra. Do everything in my power to stop you. What will mama say in a moment like this? Ain't trying to spill no blood. Ain't trying to end up like car. That's when I enough is enough shit hit the fan with derail from the plan shame and the pain it all starts to wane found myself lost in the days had to push right up through the haze came out with a brand new foundation came out with a brand new look left them all shook smiles and teeth out and everything and you could not play with my energy you could not play you could not play with my energy
Ich bin nicht